before I begin, I'd like to say that which is a very strange mass. <clears throat> There's nobody here, and I'm talking to a cell phone. But we miss all of you, and we pray for you, and we certainly hope that this ends soon. Actions certainly speak louder than words. That was especially true when Jesus washed the apostles' feet. That simple gesture has many lessons for us. Jesus performed this act at the greatest of all Jewish festivals, the Passover. This commemorates their freedom from slavery in Egypt and their journey to the promised land. With each annual celebration, God renews his commitment to save his people, and they in turn renewed their commitment to be faithful to him. Jesus made the celebration of the Passover his own as he brought its greatest promise to fulfillment. The hour had come now for him to deliver the whole human race from its enslavement to sin and death. He would set humanity free to enjoy the glorious liberty as children of God for all of eternity. This was not done in a magnificent display of power and force, but as St. Paul tells us, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, obedient even unto death on a cross. As Jesus performed this menial task of washing his disciples' dirty, travel-worn feet, the creator of heaven and earth performed a service that was considered too degrading for any self-respecting Jew to do. As he washed their feet, he fulfilled several Old Testament roles by emptying himself of his divine glory and joining the human race, Jesus became the second Adam. His humble obedience to his father's will would reverse the damage caused by the first Adam, his rebellious pride. Since that obedience would take him to death on the cross, he would fulfill the role of the prophet Isaiah's suffering servant of the Lord. He would bear his iniquities. By his wounds, we would be healed. It was precisely as servant that Jesus became our Savior. By washing the apostles' feet, Jesus showed that he had come to serve, not to be served. Obedient, loving service, that was Jesus' understanding of his passion. That's how he would save the world from the rebellious pride of sin. That's what the washing of the feet proclaimed. To emphasize that point, St. John's Gospel places a reference to Judas's betrayal immediately before the washing of the feet and after. Surrounded by treachery, the crucified Jesus would be triumph in his loyal obedience to his heavenly Father. But why did Jesus insist on washing Peter's feet? Why did he make it necessary, a necessary condition for true discipleship? Quite simply, Peter and the rest of us must accept Jesus on his terms. We one must become, be, welcome him as our servant savior. If we're going to enjoy the salvation he has won for us, like someone who is sick, we must allow him, the greatest doctor ever, to heal us. If we're too proud to allow him to help us, we won't be healed. 
we should admit that we can't save ourselves from the power of sin and death. Carrying out the Jewish ritual washing couldn't make anyone pure enough to enter God's kingdom. Only being washed by the Son of God himself would that happen. That's what Jesus meant when he and Peter could have no, would have no inheritance with him if he refused to allow him to wash his feet. Humbly, we should place our hope of salvation in the one who came to serve us, not to be served. In washing Peter's feet, Jesus had shown us what we should expect to be a follower. We must, humble, must be humble servants of the Lord and of each other. That's where true greatness lies. Jesus was glorious in his humble obedience to death on a cross. Loving, self-giving, and self-giving brings out the best in us. These past few weeks, we have seen many examples of this. The medical personnel who are going to extreme measures to help those afflicted with the virus. And, and prime, our prime example, as well as first responders and the military. Washing of the feet shows us that Jesus understood his saving passion in terms of loving obedience and service. This is a sacramental made present in every Mass. With Jesus calling us to be generous givers, loving servants of the Lord and of each other, our whole attitude of life should be transformed. A simple, humble gesture of feet washing makes it clear what a true follower of Jesus should do. In our wounded world, faced with our human limitations, we need to guide, be guided toward our final goal, the goal of Christ himself, who conquered sin and death, and who makes himself present to us in a special way in the Eucharist. Even though we remain pilgrims in the, this world, through faith, we already share in Christ's life. In the Eucharist, he comes to our aid as we continue our journey. John's Gospel doesn't give an account of the Last Supper, so we need to look to the reading of St. Paul to the Corinthians. This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. My dear friends in Christ, with the beginning of this Mass, Lent officially ended, and we've entered into one of the most sacred times uh, in our liturgical year, the Holy Triduum, starting with this Mass. One liturgy over three days. So my brothers and sisters, this is a great time of prayer, a great time of joy, a great time of hope uh, and all because we are victorious with Christ. I encourage you to continue your prayers for this evening and into tomorrow. Our liturgy will pick up again tomorrow at 3 p.m. and we'll have a liturgy of the Passion of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, uh, this liturgy is in private, uh, but we will be streaming it to you at 3 p.m. Uh, we will also uh, uh, have on the Easter Vigil. The Easter Vigil will be streamed at 8.30, beginning at 8.30. Then, of course, on Easter Sunday, the resurrection of our Lord, Mass will be streamed to um, at 11 a.m. on that day. 